Welcome, Comforted Home listeners. This is the Barking Truth, presented to you by Comfort at Home Pet Services. This podcast will reveal the barking truth about what is actually happening in the pet industry so that you can gain knowledge and education to keep our pets safe, healthy, and well. I will be your host, Jennifer Seibel, Certified Professional Pet Sitter, Dog Bite Prevention Educator, Fear Free Certified, Pet First Aid and CPR Trained, and owner of Comfort at Home Pet Services. I hope you enjoy. Welcome. In this episode, I would like to talk about loose leash walking. I found out throughout the years, the definition of loose leash walking means something different to pretty much everyone. Uh, the definition of loose leash walking means that you're walking with your dog on a relaxed, loose leash. So some of the things that people have come across and said to me and what their definition of loose leash walking is, is one is military style, which means that their dog's on a very short leash, has to walk right beside them. If they go one step in front of this person, they go to sniff something that that dog is not doing loose leash walking. It's military style. The dog walks when I walk. It's directly right by my side. It doesn't leave my side. That That is not loose leash walking. Um, the next definition I've heard and I've gotten is that when I'm walking my dog, when I come to an intersection, the dog has to stop. It has to sit. When my dog does, when I do this, my dog has to do this type of action. Um, that is called a healing pattern. That is not considered loose leash walking. Um, the third uh, that I've actually, I just heard this one most recently, um, is that um, they want their dog to walk with them, but without a leash. That is definitely not loose leash walking. That is considered um, off-leash walking, and it's also considered a healing pattern, uh, which check with your magistrate, check with your township, check with your state. There are a lot of state laws, and they're called leash laws, that your pet has to be on a leash when out in public unless in a fenced-in area, dog park, etc. So definitely make sure before you're trying to teach something like your dog being off-leash, that that is allowed by your state, city, township, whatnot. So let's talk about loose leash walking. Basically, if you're going to walk your dog, this is your dog's walk. This is, this is not a walk for you. If you want to go out and you want to take a stroll, go out and do it. Just, just go out. That way you're not having to worry about anything. You can jog. You can... Go as fast as you can. You can go as slow as you can. Go for a walk yourself if that's what you want to do. If you're walking your dog, you need to take in consideration that this is your pet's walk. If you're taking them out, this is now your pet's walk. This is your dog's walk. So think about it. If you are walking a chihuahua, which we have a couple of chihuahuas that we walk, I mean, one step for me is like them almost running. It's like 10 steps for them. So I have to slow down my pace for them because it's not fair to make them run when they want a nice, slower, relaxing walk. Sometimes just being a person, you know, we can get a little aggravated and think, oh, my gosh, I'm walking a turtle here. 
but it's because they're little tiny legs. They're, they're running faster, they're walking faster, which is not allowing them to relax on their walk because they're just trying to keep up with us because we're humans. Even though they have four feet and four legs, like they can't keep up with us. So you kind of have to slow things down for some of these smaller dogs. But then you have to kind of think about it. If you have a larger dog like a Great Dane, they have four feet. They have four paws. So one step of theirs equals like ton of mine. I am walking a faster pace with them just to keep up on what they consider their, you know, relaxing walk. They're not running. They're not anything. So you have to adjust yourself. Is it technically fair for us to expect our pets to adjust to our walk and what we want to walk and where we want to walk and what our pace is. That, that's, not, that's not normal half of the time. The, it, if this is your pet's walk, you need to walk in accordance with them. So you kind of need to think about it. If, if I'm a home health aide and I'm you know, doing physical therapy or something like that with somebody who's possibly in a walker, I can't expect them to keep up with me. They're working slowly. They're trying to, you know, keep up pace. They're walking a little slower. I need to slow myself down. So you have to think about that. If you're going to walk your dog, make sure the walk is for them. So let's go to this military-style walk. To me, stupid. Just completely, utterly stupid. Any trainer, anybody telling you that your dog should never leave your side, they should be walking with you, paying attention to you and not looking at anything and only focusing on you. That is just craziness. This is your pet's walk. Allow them to kind of sniff. Allow them to check out their territory. This is good mental stimulation for your pet. It is helping your pet know their territory, know who's around. And it's going to help if, God forbid, something happens that your pet gets loose. They were able to investigate. They can use those scents to find their way back. Use those scents to say somewhere in the area that they are familiar with. So let this is your pet's walk. Let them sniff. Let them check things out. I just did a training not too long ago that uh, this person did have another trainer dealing with their dog. Their dog is now, you know, got on to some aggressive, aggressive issues, does not like the walk, is very fearful on the walk. I come to find out that they are using, you know, equipment that is, instilling fear into the pet and equipment that I feel is abusive towards the pet. And I got them onto, you know, good equipment that's going to help the dog, help it relax and keep the human safe while walking the dog and try to help take some of this fear out of the dog and have them have an enjoyable walk instead of this walk being a fearful thing for them because they were on the wrong type of equipment. So, Got the dog into, you know, a great harness where, you know, the owner has control of the pet. We get out. This dog is already, you know, petrified because it's afraid from previous times that it's going to be harmed on this walk because that's what some of these military training, you know, walk with my dog right next to me. It can't leave my side type of trainers do. So as soon as we're walking out the gate, the dog, you know, felt a little more comfortable, a little fearful, but wanted to check things out. And as soon as it got like one step in front of this person, she started doing what she told me was a correction, a correction. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm confused and I'm watching the dog, which I know 
the dog was absolutely confused because we're just walking out of the gate. I'm the dog was one step ahead of this person, not pulling. The leash was still relaxed. It was not, you know, tight in any way, but the dog was one step ahead. And she started, you know, yanking on the leash. And thank goodness because the equipment I use is not, you know, harmful for the pet. Her yanking didn't cause the problem. And I'm like, what are, what are you doing? I'm correcting the dog. Should I not be doing that? What do you, I don't understand as a human what you're correcting your dog for. So does your dog understand what you're correcting it for? And this person looked at me and she's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I said, your, your dog's just walking out the gate. We're, we're not even started on the walk yet. We're walking out of your fenced-in yard, and you're, like, doing what you're calling a correction to your pet and to your dog. But does your dog understand what you're correcting them for? Are you correcting them for going outside of the gate? Do they know that? When you have them leashed up to go out the gate to go on a walk. So is that wrong for the dog? Are you like, how are you correcting them? Maybe the dog saw a dandelion and decided to sniff it. Let's sniff the roses. Let's sniff the flowers. I'm going to enjoy my walk. Maybe a squirrel peed over here. Maybe a deer poop is over here. The dog's thinking, I want to check it out. And you're doing a so-called correction. So does your dog understand what you're correcting it for? Most of the time, you're not. These corrections that people tell you to do are absolutely insanity. It's it's crazy. You don't need to correct your animal because most of the time, your dog does not know what you are correcting them for. And you're being told by some silly trainer who is an as-seen-on-TV type trainer that I, I think I picked this up. And let me just back up and say that some of these trainers that are not educated and as-seen-on-TV if you watch some of the TV shows that talk about training or deal with training, anything like that, if you watch at the beginning of it, there is a warning on there. Do not try this at home without a professional. What they're talking about when it's a professional, it is a schooled, educated professional. So some of these people do not go through the education to learn body language, to learn communication with our animals, and they're as seen on TV trainers that Oh, I watched this on TV. It looks like I should be able to duplicate it and do it. I'll tell you, I watch a lot of cooking shows. Um, I, I don't know half of the ingredients they use. I don't even know if I can buy them in my grocery stores. But I, I'm fascinated by watching some of these, you know, cooking shows, and I see how they make these dishes. I can't duplicate that at home because <laughs> half of the time I don't even know what the ingredients are. But I can't watch a TV show and be like, oh, my gosh, I can just go and whip something up like this. Just because I, I'm not equipped and I'm not educated enough to know what technically is going on. The cuts and, you know, this and the precise cuts and how long you're cooking it, da-da-da-da-da. So just keep that in mind when you're dealing with the trainer to find out this stuff. But going back to what we're discussing is these corrections, your pet does not know what you're correcting them for. So let's just say if you're dealing with somebody who's telling you to do this military-style walking with your dog and they're telling you to do these corrections you could be seeing another dog come walking you know the opposite way towards you and you think that your dog's going to react if you think your dog's going to react there's a different way to work with your animal and your dog to deal with that but 
If you decide to start doing these so-called corrections and we're yanking on the dog and we're choking them and we're doing this, that dog, your dog, could have been sniffing the ground, checking out a scent, and just because you saw something before your dog did, you're correcting them. And in their mind, what am I getting corrected for? Am I not allowed to sniff the grass? Am I not allowed to do this? This instills fear in them that anytime they're outside, they're like chicken little because the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Anything I do, my owners are going to harm me. I'm not standing directly beside them. My owners are going to harm me. I don't know why I'm getting hurt. All I want to do is sniff the ground. All I want to do is this. You really need to think about it. Is it really necessary for our animal to be right by our side at all times when we're walking them? They're not walking us. We are walking them. Let them enjoy their walk. Let them check some things out. This is great for mental stimulation. This is great for socialization, for them to understand their territory. Check out leaves that are blowing. Check out garbage cans that are sitting out that are empty. Let them check out, you know, the turtle walking across the street. This is their walk. It does not need to be military style, and they do not need to be beside you 24 hours a day. They don't need to be beside you for their relaxing walk. So now let's talk about just the most recent one. I want my dog to be off-leash walking with me. I can't fathom wanting to do that at, at any particular time. You are, our animals don't have a voice. You are there to protect your animal. So having them on a leash just for security purposes is your best option. It's your best option because what if, what if something happens? What if they get into something that like they decide to put their head into a wasp nest? They decide to poke into a bush and grab a squirrel. What, what if? I would rather have the leash on them so that I can have control of my animal. What if they're just la-di-da, not paying attention, walk out in the middle of the street? With having a leash on them, which most you know states and cities and townships do require, um, I'm able to still you know keep my pet protected. Let them know that you know I'm still here. So. Having them off leash is, is just insanity to me. Have them on leash so you know where they are, they know where you are, and you can still protect them. So even with this, let's go into some of the equipment. Some people use these retractable leashes because they're like, okay, I want my dog to investigate. I want my dog to check everything out. But now you have this, this stupid retractable leash that your dog can be 10, 10 feet in front of you. What purpose does that have? I cannot keep my dog safe if it's 10, 10 feet in front of me. It's already out in the middle of traffic. By the time I'm winding them back up like a fishing rod, my pet's already been run over by a car. My pet's already sniffed another, went up to another dog into their yard and got attacked and has gotten killed. Something is going to happen. And God forbid if I'm just not paying attention or if the retractable leash breaks, my dog's now loose. If I drop it, now you have this clunky thing that's retracting itself, chasing your dog, and your dog's not going to come back to you. You've now lost your dog. You're not getting it back because now it's it's running because it's fearful because this clunky thing's trying to recoil back to it because I accidentally dropped it. Those type of leashes, retractable leashes, are just 
It's not applicable. Please stop using them. Everybody, they're a dangerous thing. Your dog can get twisted up in you. It can get twisted up in something else. I mean, many people have been walking these dogs. I was with a dog not too long ago that's on an outside tie-out. And I'm playing jump rope because the dog's trying to jump on me. It's twisting around me, sniffing me. I'm playing jump rope trying to jump over this damn thing. And the cord actually cut the back of my leg, bruised me up pretty good because it tightened up. The same thing happens with these retractable leashes. If your dog's walking around somebody else and checking them out, you can't keep up and you, you have too much slack on that leash, it can end up cutting somebody. It can end up hurting them. It, it requires stitches. It can also wrap up around your pet. Our pets get tangled in our leashes all the time. Let's be honest about it. Our pets get tangled up in our leashes all the time. If it gets tangled up in a retractable and that tightens, it, it can cut. It can actually amputate. They're, they're appendages. So get rid of the retractables. Get rid of it. But allow your pet, when we're talking about loose leash walking, they don't need to be off of a leash to be able to investigate things and check things out. So that's when we want to come back to the loose leash walking. Um, some people talk about the healing patterns. Like anytime I want my, anytime I stop, my dog should do this. My dog should be beside me. My dog should, you know, be doing this. That's considered semi-military style, but it's also considered a healing pattern. That is something that most likely is used in competitions. It's also used for people dealing with, you know, service dogs. Um, my dogs do it just because it's a way of me protecting them and protecting myself. When we're walking, my dogs are allowed to, you know, sniff and walk around. But when we come to an intersection for their safety, I ask them to sit. There's a difference between expecting them to do it and always be focusing on that rather than, okay, we're coming up to an intersection. I'm going to get my pet to sit so I can look both ways crossing the street. But in a healing pattern, um, that's mostly used for competitions, that when you stop, the pet stops. And when you're dealing with loose leash walking, you can teach that, that, okay, I got to stop to pick up your poop. I want you that when I stop, I want you to sit and wait for me to pick up my poop. But it's, you just ask the pet. I mean, you should be in training enough that your pet should know at least a basic command as of sit. So we have those healing patterns where, you know, a lot of people are like, if I turn left, my pet should already be trying to turn left. As soon as I sit, they should, as soon as I stop, they sit, they down, they, that, that's just, they're not in a working mode. If you're just out with a walk with your dog, let it be their walk. And again, we go back to loose leash walking. So what, what do I consider loose leash walking? What do actual trainers, pet sitters, people in the pet care industry, what do they consider loose leash walking? What we consider loose leash walking to be is basically the, the leash just has slack on it. The pet's not, the dog's not pulling us. We're not being dragged down the street, but they can be in front of us. They can pull over to the side a little bit. As long as the leash has a little slack in it, which means it's not tight, I, my arm's not completely extended, loose leash walking is that I'm walking my arms down to my side, relaxed, the dog is in my vicinity. They are right near me doing what they want to do on their particular walk. And they're not causing strain on themselves. The leash is not taut. It is not tight. It is not any of that. They're not pulling to get to something. 
That's what's considered loosely schwalking, and it makes your walk so much more enjoyable, and it makes it enjoyable for the animal and for your dog because they can find their time to go to the bathroom, sniff around, find their perfect spot. They're able to get that mental stimulation, see what's in the neighborhood, see what's going on. They're getting that socialization. That they're understanding what's out on the street. Okay, there's a piece of garbage here. There's a used mask here. There's, you know, <clears throat> grass here. There's flowers here. There's bushes here. There's great smells. Look, every dog peed on, on this telephone pole. I can get information on all these dogs. That's what loose leash walking is considered. So we always just want to make sure that when people tell me and say, like, I'm going to walk my dog, you are walking your dog. This is not for you. You are doing it for your animal. So let your animal have some leeway in it. I mean, sometimes people see me and they see my dog a little bit ahead of me. We're still walking. I'm not getting pulled. We, we're fine. If I see a danger coming up that I need that dog to be beside me so I can protect them, I can easily call them back. I can lure them back with a treat. I can call them back. I can continue to protect them and have them by my side if I think something dangerous is going to happen because we have that relationship. They're relaxed. They're hanging out. They're chilling. And all of a sudden, you know, I might interrupt them and say, hey, there's something dangerous. I want you to come back here. I want you to sit by me. I know you might be reactive with this or you might be reactive with that. Let's just try, you know, a couple basic commands. We're going to do work a little bit here. Then we're going to go about your relaxing walk. We definitely don't want our dogs pulling us. It's going to cause an injury to ourselves as well as our pets. They decide to pull to chase that squirrel across the street. They can run out in the traffic. Guess what? If we're holding on to that leash, we're falling right out and we can get hit by a car. We can be injured. So you want to work on these, and these are all training skills. And there's certain type of equipment you want to think about as to what is best for your pet. So let's talk about equipment. Equipment that I use, I, I'm a big, huge fan of the PetSafe uh, Easy Walk Harness. I love it. It clips onto the front of their chest. So this allows me to work with the dogs. It keeps me safe because I have better control of the animal in case there is a pulling incident, in case they decide to go after somebody. I am kept safe because I have them in a harness that I know I have the control of them. Dogs can pull three times their body weight. They pull it from the front of their chest and their front legs. So when I have control of that part of their body, I have some more control over them. I can keep them safe. I can keep myself safe. So the easy walk harness, it just it's easy. It slips right over their head, buckles be behind their front legs. The clip to the leash goes like right under, you know, right on the front of their chest, under their neck. Um, it goes into the front. So what's great about this is it works great when we're teaching this loose leash walking. Because then all of a sudden, if the dog goes a little further, that leash becomes a little taut and it start, they start to pull and the leash gets tightened, it's grabbing like the front of their chest, turning them around to us. And, say, and they have to turn around and look and be like, oh, you're back here. Yeah, I'm back here. Hello. Nice to meet you. Come back here and be with me. You're kind of getting a little, you know, too far ahead of me. Let's just back up and slow it down a little bit. It redirects them. It redirects them to get their focus back onto me to let them know that, hey, you're doing something I don't like and you got a little tight. 
And because you got a little tight on your leash, I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to bring you back to me a little bit. The next one I like is the Freedom. Uh, freedom, uh, freedom Walk Harness. Uh, it's a great one. It actually comes with a uh, double, double pronged leash where it attaches to the front of their chest as well as the back of their, uh, behind their shoulder blades. So it's got a two part. So I'm kind of wrangling them as you would a horse. So I have control of the back of them. I have the control of the front of them, but I have their entire front part of their body that I can control. And once again, it redirects them back to me. Okay, you're pulling a little bit. Let's get back to me. People get real frustrated when they're dealing with their pets. Um, a lot of times they'll use these harnesses that have the back clip and the back clip only. Sometimes, I mean, dogs are used to pulling. Look at, look at the breeds and stuff we're coming from. Let's just take huskies, for instance. Huskies were, were bred for pulling sleds. We have Bernice Mountain dogs that were used to pulling wagons. So these type of things, like, they help, and they allow the dog to continue to pull. They're not, those type of leashes that hook just on the back of their neck, the back of their shoulder blades, it just allows them to keep forcefully doing what they know to do, and that's pulling. Does it, does it really make them pull? No, but it does not redirect them. It does not stop them from pulling. So when we talk about loose leash walking, I tell people, especially if your dog's a big puller, most of the time, most of the time, if your dog's a big puller, they have not been socialized well. They are wanting to check everything out. Maybe it's a puppy. Maybe it's a dog who just hasn't had the opportunity to check everything out in the neighborhood. They haven't got a chance to sniff at this, check this out, do this, do that. And they want to sit there and investigate. I tell people that when we're starting out with this, we need to teach our dog that we want a slacked leash. We want that loose leash. We want some slack in it. So we want to let them know that. And how do we let them know that? By not letting them pull. So I go back and I tell people a lot of the times, I'm the oldest of, you know, three children. And uh, if we were ever to go to, let's say, the grocery store, if me and my brother and sister would be fighting in the back or any of us are fighting, my mom would say to us, she's like, that's it. I'm turning around. We're going home. No groceries for the week. You guys can starve. Think about it if, you know, nowadays, if, we're ta if we have our children in the car with us and all of a sudden they're fussing, they're fighting, they're, you know, arguing back and forth and we're on our way to Kennywood or we're on our way to go and get ice cream. Hey, if you guys don't settle down, we're not getting to the destination. We're not going there. And parents will turn around and go home because we're not going to reward a bad behavior. So think about that in dog terms. If your dog starts pulling, I tell people they're pulling. You're not going to get far on a walk because we need to start letting them know that their actions are not going to get them to that thing. So let's say um, I have a dog who's a Roddy. Um, that I walk on a daily basis. He loves to pee on the telephone poles. And uh, he'll start to pull me to these telephone poles. First thing I do, I stop. I stop. Stop my car. Stop, stop. Everything. I am not, we are not getting to that. We will get to it when we get there. This is like your kids, like, screaming in the back seat, Mommy, Daddy, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? We will get there when we get there. So that's when we have to let the dogs know and say, okay, look, there's no reason to rush. There's no reason to pull me. There's no reason to cause harm with me or you. 
for us to get to that destination. We'll get there. But if you're going to act a fool and you're going to try to pull me, we're going to stop until you can gather your thoughts and you settle down and then we'll continue going. If they continue to pull, we try to get them back to us and then we'll slowly keep moving. But if we stop and they are continue to pull, you can't get them to come back, turn around and go home. You're turning around. If you're acting a fool, I'm taking the car home. We're not getting groceries for the week. Your kids can starve. Hey, we're not going to Kennywood today. Hey, we're not going to see that telephone pole today. You can't go and pee on it because you're acting like a fool. So let's turn around. Let's go a different direction. Let's go home. But if your dog starts to calm down, <clears throat> they can get themselves back into a good head space. And, okay, I'll, I'll come and I'll be with you. Let's go and do this together. Then I'm more than glad we keep walking. And, okay, we're at this telephone pole. You want to see it? Go check it out. Let them investigate. Let them see what's going on. So it just still amazes me through all these years that, you know, I've, I've done this, that there's so many different definitions for something as simple as in the name of loose leash walking, that it has many different variations of what people want. But I think everybody loses the focus and they think about what the human wants in their walk rather than what does my dog need out of this walk? What do I do to have a calming walk with my pet, to allow my pet, my dog, to have a good calming walk? How do I do that without frustrating myself? It's got to be relaxing for both parties, the human as well as the pet, but I think everybody's leaving out the pet part of it and not realizing that this, this is their walk. You're putting a leash on them, it's their walk. It's their walk. It's not for you. It's not for you to exercise, for you to be, you know, doing this, doing that, and I'm going to lose weight, and I'm going to, you know, walk very fast. No, your dog wants to sniff. They have to go to the bathroom. You're going to be stopping and going. This is your pet's walk. So I hope this kind of, you know, taught you a little bit something um, as to different type of equipment that is out there. Make sure that you're getting with a trainer. Uh, we are going to be doing a series um, soon um, about dog trainers and how to find a good dog trainer, the differences between, you know, dog trainers that are professionals, those are that educated and those that aren't, the different styles of training. So be sure to tune in for those episodes because um, you're going to find those very fascinating. But we just need to think that these walks are for our pets. And if you have a trainer who is telling you that, yeah, it's okay, you can walk your dog off leash, most likely it is not. <laughs> and there are laws and you need to worry about the safety of your animal. If you have a trainer who's telling you, use equipment that's going to cause fear and pain in your pet, please pass them by. If it's a trainer who's telling you your dog should, when it's walking, it should never leave your side, should never do this, never do that, please find somebody else. This is your pet's walk. You want to have a harmony in your home and you want to have a pet that respects you and you build that bond with them. You need to learn their communication. You need to learn how to do this properly. You can't tell a pet what to do, but you can let them make their own decisions. And if it's their walk, let it be their walk. So be sure to tune in next week.